Hello, and welcome to We Rise by Lifting Each Other. I'm Michelle, and thank you so much for joining me today. This will be a shorter mini episode. It's mid-July. Summer is in full swing. My son's best friend is here visiting for a week, and I don't have a guest. Oops. I was down for COVID for two weeks after 4th of July. We've got a big family vacation coming up, a few more camping trips. I'm visiting my hometown all in the next month. And I'm also currently working on editing my book, which is going to come out for October Breast Cancer Awareness Month. So this is where we are. You just get me today. But I'm here to talk about something super exciting. But before I get to that, I don't know if you follow me or my socials at We Rise by Lifting Each Other, but I'm so excited to share that I am now an award-winning podcast host with this podcast. And we're also going to talk about how a new study was just released, which shows that volunteering can improve brain health. And that's the reason why I decided to do this little mini episode today, because I wanted to highlight that because it is so exciting and really gives me the hope for my future and my own brain. As you may know, on each episode, I episode, I highlight a happy hour drink because I love random trivia and a good cocktail can go a long way. And I'm still going to do that today, even though it's a short episode, because I think it's fun. Now, since it is summer, it is pretty much the only time that I will ever drink a beer. It needs to be really hot out, and preferably, I need to be on a boat. So beer is one of the oldest ever human-produced drinks, dating back thousands of years, first evidence being found in Egypt and Mesopotamia in a 39,000-year-old Sumerian poem honoring Ninkasi, who is the patron goddess of brewing, which is funny because I believe Ninkasi is also one of the many brewing companies that we have here in Portland. But Ninkasi, the patron goddess of brewing, is talked about in this poem, which contains the oldest surviving beer recipe describing the production of beer from barley bread. And then in China, there is pottery residue dating back 5,000 years ago, which showed that beer was brewed using barley and other grains. Time went on, and it is said that the Germans perfected the art of brewing what is now recognized as beer today. There are so many different styles of it all over the world, and many towns like my own here in Portland are overflowing with microbreweries making their mark. I love a good beer, you know, a nice Corona when I'm out on the boat, but I will tell you, I really love the ones that have fruit infusions. There's a great grapefruit one that I love, and some with orange or lemon. Um, So many of my friends here are huge IPA drinkers. And that is not my jam, but I kind of just like light and fruity, nothing too heavy. So beer is actually produced by the brewing and fermentation of starches, mainly derived from cereal grains, most commonly hops, malted barley, but wheat, maize, rice, and oats are also used. During the brewing process, fermentation of the starch sugars in the wort, whatever that might be, produces ethanol and carbonation in the resulting beer. The average strength of beer is 4 to 6% by volume, so you may need to potentially consume more than a glass of wine or cocktails to get a bit of a buzz. So cheers to that. I hope you have a nice beer that you enjoy. And so now I'm going to talk about myself here for a moment and how we, with this podcast, we being the royal we, meaning me, won 
recently an award. So the Speak Up Talk Radio recently announced their 2023 International Positive Change Awards contest. And we rise by lifting each other was on that list. We even we only have 14 episodes now, but we won in the cause awareness and inspiration motivation categories. I'm so honored to receive this res- this recognition for doing something that I love. No, I swear to God, I haven't had any beer yet today. I'm just tired. And sometimes the words just don't come out as fast as my brain thinks them. But I am so honored to do this podcast highlighting people who are putting good out into the world. And I just want to keep doing that. And the best way for me to do that is if you can do one thing today, please share this podcast with your people so that the good will continue to spread. I'm going to continue more and more episodes, a couple every month, and I hope you find some that sing to your heart. So as I mentioned, I usually do a headline mid-episode to kind of break it up. But today, this entire talk for the rest of this short little episode is going to be about one specific headline that caught my eye. But first, I finished a book yesterday, and this quote really sang to me. And so I am going to share it with all of you. The book is called Lighter by Young Pueblo, and it reads, Human beings are meant to live in community, which means finding a balance of giving and receiving within the social groups that we call home. When we help each other, we simultaneously practice selflessness and make our own future brighter. Every action plants a seed that will later blossom and bring fruit into our own lives. And I was sitting reading this yesterday at a water park where I was taking my son and his friend. And I, for me, I thought, oh my gosh, great time to sit down and read a book because I so rarely do that. And it really just, this quote really filled my soul. And it spoke to me as to why I'm doing this podcast, searching out good people who are doing the good works. If we can all help each other out, it's not a balancing of a scale of you give and I give. It's a circle of giving. And I truly think the world needs this. Now we're going to get on to today's topic. I do squirrel in my brain a lot, but we're finally here. So from CNN Health on July 20th, volunteering in late life may protect the brain, research finds. Okay. And something that I worry about a lot is dementia and Alzheimer's because I have a family history of it. I really am a little fatalistic sometimes. Either the dementia is going to get me or the cancer, but I'm going to do everything I can to prevent this. And this article really has given me hope on how to keep my brain working. So the gist of the article, according to research presented Thursday at the Alzheimer's Association International Conference in Amsterdam, volunteering has been linked with better scores on tests of cognitive function. Volunteers are cornerstones of all communities and imperative to the success and impact of many organizations, said Donna McCullough, Chief Mission and Field Operation Officer at the Alzheimer's Association, in a news release. We hope these new data encourage individuals of all ages and backgrounds to engage in local volunteering, not only to benefit their communities, but potentially their own cognitive and brain health. 
I just thought this was so amazing because I've personally watched family members and parents of friends struggle with Alzheimer's and mental decline as they age, and it is heartbreaking. Knowing that something as simple as volunteering after I retire can help, don't you think that's a no-brainer for to find something to do in our spare time when you actually have more time? Previous studies have found links between volunteering and cognitive function in white communities, but this study actually put diversity into the mix, as it should, to see that if anything changed and it did not, which that should be like kind of a duh moment. Doesn't matter what color your body is, your brain gets the same jolt from doing volunteering giving back gives to you. So volunteering in the year before the study was associated with better test scores of executive function and verbal episodic memory, regardless of how they differed in age, sex, education, or income. Those who volunteered several times a week had the highest levels of executive function. Celia Barbarina, now 75, has been volunteering for over 12 years since she retired and was interviewed for this article. Barbarina thinks volunteering helps maintain her cognition by engaging her memory, verbal, and reasoning skills, she said. What also happens is that as a retiree, you become isolated, she added. Loneliness and not being able to be in touch with people also leads to depression or anxiety or insomnia, and all of those affect cognition. Volunteering has given her purpose, meaning, and friends, which are invaluable to my mental health and overall quality of life, Barbarina said. And I find this so inspiring. The statistics are very sobering. About 10% of those age 65 and older have Alzheimer's or dementia, and another 22% have some type of cognitive impairment. After age 65, the risk doubles every five years. The older you get every five years, double the chances that you might have this. 32% of those over 85 have Alzheimer's or dementia. And don't ask me about those numbers and math. They come directly from the Google, so I trust them. But really, if I can volunteer and stave off any of this mental impairment and give my brain a little extra help, I am all for it. And I hope that you are too. If you're a senior or anyone who really wants to get involved in volunteering, check with your hospitals, museum, houses of worship, political committees. But And if you are a senior, ARP's volunteer portal can also help you find opportunities. For the rest of us, find activities that you have a skill set for from your career or in early years. What interests you? What do you want to help with? There are so many organizations out there that need help. The fact that studies are now showing how beneficial giving back is, also for the volunteers, is an added bonus, and that is a win-win all around. I also, that's kind of my my big big news for today's episode, but I did want to give out a quick shout to someone who I was recently connected to, Mark Kagiyama. He is a metastatic prostate, lung, and bone cancer thriver, but he and I connected and I recorded two video interviews for him this past week for his YouTube channel, 
to be your own hero. That is the number two, the letter B, your own hero, where we talk about my cancer journeys, how it made me a better person and led me to where I am today. Those episodes will come out in August. So please subscribe and check them out. He's got so many wonderful videos on there about what he has done in his own cancer journey to get to the place where he is at today on no medication, feeling great, and literally has one of the most positive outlooks I have ever seen. So please give him a follow for me and a subscribe. Finally, I ask a lot of my guests this, what is filling your soul today? So I'm going to tell you what is filling my soul. And as I mentioned earlier, my son's best friend is visiting from Arizona and I love watching them together. They developed a friendship from first grade on, they met in Cub Scouts, and the two of them just connected and they clicked. And through them, actually, our entire families clicked. I am best friends with the mom. My husband is great buds with the dad, and our families just really love each other. And then they moved back home, and now we have to get on planes to see each other. But I love the fact that we're both willing to ship our kids on a plane on their own to go see their best friends because it fills them both with so much joy. So that is one thing. The next thing that is really filling my soul right now is, as I mentioned earlier, I am in the final stages of the book that I have been writing for over 10 years about my cancer journey. And I printed it out yesterday and I gave it to three of my people to review and edit for me because it's coming out for October hell or high water. And it's exciting and scary at the same time, because it feels like I've opened my soul for others to see. So, but those two things are really what is filling my soul today, watching the friendship of these two amazing kids and knowing that I have getting to the completion point of something that I've been working on for a really long time. So that's really all I had to share today. I'll be back in a couple weeks after my big family vacation. And thank you all for being here. I truly hope that you're having a great summer. You're finding things that are good in the world for you and maybe finding ways that you can help other people by doing something good for them. So happy summer. Stay cool wherever you are. So if you are on here and you haven't subscribed yet, you can do that on Apple, Spotify, or Google Play. If you want to give me a rating and a review, I would love it. But I would really just love it if you found an episode that you think would be good for someone that you know and share it with them. That is really what I am here to do is share the good that's out in the world with other people. So you can find me on all the social media at We Rise by Lifting Each Other. Instagram is just Rise by Lifting Each Other. Look for the Phoenix, and that is me. Or you can email me at Michelle at We Rise by Lifting Each Other if you just want to say hi, or if you would like to recommend a guest or yourself to be here on my podcast. I would love that. So see you soon. And until then, Remember, we heal together through adversity and we rise by lifting each other. If you or someone you love has experienced a diagnosis of breast cancer, please check out Breast Friends. Their mission is to ensure that no woman goes through cancer alone by providing education, community, and support. 
Regardless of where you are in your journey, Breast Friends will help you navigate this new and challenging path with support and understanding. Breast Friends strives to be relevant, accessible, and inclusive of all who want to participate and aim to empower those to thrive beyond their cancer diagnosis through experiencing a variety of activities and informative topics in a nurturing environment. Breast Friends is thrilled to announce a partnership with Know Your Lemons to provide educational classes about symptom awareness and screening information to the community. Please check out www.breastfriends.org or email mail at breastfriends.org for additional information.